Lance had a framing hat. Oh, okay, sick. So I'm also from Mass. I'm, I'm out in Amherst pretty often. You guys are from Amherst, right? We'll, we'll get to that in the interview. I should probably start <laughs> recording. I am yeah, recording, sure. and I'm recording you guys, so I guess this is... <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> welcome to the uh, welcome to the 11th or 12th episode, I'm not quite sure, of the Bughead podcast. Um, the first or second episode of season two, I have the fantastic guest, Godfuck, right here. How are y'all doing? Awful. I mean, so good, actually. <laughs> really good. <laughs> We're showing... Why don't you uh why don't you all introduce yourselves and tell me what you do in the band? Um, I man, we kind of all do a lot of shit, but I do like a lot of the synth stuff and I do vocals and a little bit of guitar. Say your names too. Oh shit, oh, my yeah, name's yeah. Ethan, sorry. I'm Ethan. <laughs> uh I'm Pat. I do guitar live and then on the recorded stuff I program the drums on the EP and like a little bit of synth stuff. Uh, I'm JC. I play drums and sometimes I yell too. All right. Uh, so I guess first question: How did you all get into the DIY music scene? What was like your introduction to going to smaller shows or independent? Mom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, I, I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Uh. For me. Man, that's hard. I think it so you could go like it's how far back you want to go. For me, um, there was a, a record label called Counterintuitive Records, and I was really into a lot of yeah. I, I know Counter, I, I was a big Counterintuitive fan in high school. Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, so you get it. I fucking loved that first, uh, that first Prince Daddy and the Hyena album. Oh, yeah, out. that's a classic. All of the original uh, counterintuitive catalog is amazing. Yeah. Um. So like I I got into like you know like the grad life, Bay Faction, Who Loves You, um. And I went like I was like oh I want to check these bands out live. They're really sick, and a lot of them were so small that they were playing like house venues and shit like that. So I, my first DIY show was a, a grad life mom jeans Oso Oso show, in this like tiny ass house with like maybe like thirty people in it. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. And so I, I went to more shows there. And eventually I, I went to shows that were like non-conventional where the bands actually just sounded like ass, but like not in a bad way, but like just like, wow, this is like anyone else would be like, this is really bad, but there's like a lot of heart and, and you yep. know, genuine stuff behind it. And so I was like, wow, that's cool. And that made, that inspired me to make music and also to participate in the scene. So that's kind of like how I got into that shit. All right. Next up. Uh <clears throat> For me, it's a little different. I had always, like, really been, like, a music head, and I, like, taught myself how to play drums when I was 15, so I've been going to concerts since about that same age, but none of them were, like, DIY shows or, like, house shows or anything like that. I started going to shows like that after I started playing in a band mm -hmm. and, like, putting on shows myself locally with my friends, and then, uh, you know, eventually playing with these guys, we, you know, play those kinds of shows. So mostly my experience has been like playing, but you know, it's been an amazing experience and I've absolutely fallen in love. And like, I had always been into like screamo for as long as I can remember. So I'd always wanted to play shit like this and play in the, these kinds of environments. So it's been a really awesome experience. Hell yeah. My, my experience with like going to underground shows is kind of similar. Uh, but like more so I used to go to, 
bigger concerts, like similar to what JC said. Um, and then it was kind of like a natural progression where like I got really into hardcore. I started going to a bunch of hardcore shows that were at like relatively small venues, but not really like DIY, just like, I don't know, places I can hold like a few hundred people or whatever. And then from there, uh, I started going to more house shows and whatnot and like got into Screamo and then like joining the band, obviously we play places like that now. Hell yeah. So, uh, the, the way I found you guys actually was through a, a QR code sticker on a gas pump in Amherst, Massachusetts. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> That's real as fuck. That's so real. Y'all, y'all are from, uh, from Amherst, right? Uh, kind of. That's like, the way I found this band too. <laughs> we're like kind of from Amherst. Like, like none of us live there. Yeah, none of us <laughs> live there. I, out of I live all there. the three of us, well, true, <laughs> right now, you do live there right now, now, kind of. Right now, I do. Out of the three of us, I was the only one who actually was like, I'm in an apartment. Live there. Uh, but like Western Mass, right? Yeah, Western yeah. Mass. We it's yes. kind of just like a point between all of us that we agree on. Like, hey, this is kind of like where the band is from. Um, there were actually when I when the band was first kind of, oh, I should say, when Pat and I started doing, like, the Screamo show, we were kind of deciding between Northampton and Amherst to be like, are we from Amherst or are we from Northampton? And we settled on Amherst just because, I think one of the reasons actually was because Orchid was from Amherst, and we're like, oh, yeah, Orchid's sick as fuck. And also, it's like a so central the point. And he goes, yeah, exactly. So we're like, oh, this is kind of a, a musical hub, and also Pat goes to school there. So it kind of just made sense. But, yeah, we all live scattered throughout Western Mass. I know you guys have played uh, played shows like throughout New England. So, what do you th- do? You think there's a difference between Western Mass and Eastern Mass shows? Because most of the shows I'm going to are uh, Eastern Mass. Like the furthest west I go, normally for shows is Worcester. What's the difference between Eastern Mass and Western Mass show audiences? Is there a difference or? Um, I I would personally say I think the biggest thing is actually age. I feel like a lot of the people in Western Mass are college kids or very young kids that are pretty unfamiliar with the scene. Um. And so there's just kind of a different dynamic there. I feel like the Eastern side is a little more like, they're, they're like veterans kind of in the DIY space. And you see that a lot with, you know, the spaces you go to, the people that come to the shows and the way it's just kind of ran. One's not better than the other, I don't think. They're just, you know, different. Um, I like them both for sure. Yeah, that's like, it's kind of tough. Like, I'm not really too familiar with uh, the Eastern Mass DIY scene. Uh, so it's kind of hard to gauge. But I think I agree with what Ethan said. There's like a, a big like uh, college scene out here with like the five colleges. So like a lot of the bands come from there and a lot of like their audience is like students. So it makes sense. Yeah, I noticed because we've played like uh, Trendy Shit Town, which is like a, a house venue out east and like in the Boston area. I noticed like there's definitely different kinds of crowds like when we play out there and then when we used to play out here for sure just different kinds of kids like you know college kids out here and then like over there it's more like i guess diy oriented there's not really any like well there's some diy spaces here but not like really any solidified i don't think it's kind of lacking right now we're in like a bit of a lull it's kind of um yeah hopefully in the future there's more diy spaces that pop up that are more oriented towards like uh the music itself and like the scene i want to go back to uh to those stickers um (laughs) has that has has uh has having the qr code stickers plastered around been an effective marketing tool do you think that's 
helped you guys build your audience? Uh, so I think <laughs> I said it before, but that's uh, literally how I joined the band. So it wouldn't exist without no way. the QR yeah. stickers. Yeah. yeah it's, it's like, it's not even a matter of like uh, getting an audience. Like it wouldn't be, I mean, not that it wouldn't exist uh, if the QR stickers it wouldn't weren't exist. a thing, but like yeah. it wouldn't be what it is now. <laughs> yeah it like yeah that was probably like i'm not even joking that might be like the most integral part of like why the band is what it is today like unironically like that was like the the ground zero for some reason was like being able to meet pat and then through pat meet jc and then also cultivate some small little community and share the art and like all that comes with that it's like yeah it's it's kind of insane i I haven't really thought about that until just now but yeah like that's yeah those stickers huge. are pretty are pretty eye catching. I've been uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a, a lot of the time it's kind of hard to get the the internet algorithm to notice you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still think like, especially early on when you're trying to get out there as any kind of creative, having some kind of real world like out in the streets advertising, yeah. like meeting people face to face in some form is still important. I think that's a that's a cool thing for artists and creatives to do, and I think that little. The little QR code sticker. It worked on me, dude. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> no, I think awesome. it's sick. I, I agree. I think it's uh, it's it's a really cool way because not only do you get your art out there, but you connect with people. People like reach out and they're like, "Hey, like I found this." They're more. I feel like they're more likely to engage with you because you left like a an actual mark on the world, and they're like, "Oh, this yeah. is a real person that did this," and they'll reach out and be like, "Hey, I like your shit," or "Hey, I hate your shit," or whatever. But it's still it's cool. I think it, it's been it's been a lot of fun, honestly, and we still get cool shit today. I haven't put up a sticker or a poster in forever, but other people do. So that's, that's kind and cool. Hell yeah. I think like, uh, in terms of like promotional stuff too, like having a sticker is cooler and also, uh, internet like promotion can kind of like give you attention in the wrong ways, even if it gets popular. Um, a lot of like bands complain about like the TikTokification of like, music and stuff so like i i think uh interacting with people that find you through the stickers is more valuable than like getting popular online and then like that's it i think i think you've like you both do interesting things both in the real world and digitally though because was it it's it's members of your guys's band that put on obsidian fest right that music festival in minecraft yeah that was us it was us and um bsdj how was how was putting that together? I remember I watched a couple sets of that. I thought that was a fun little thing to do. It was stressful, I'd say. It was really fun. <laughs> Man, it was a lot of work to put together. We were really like in crunch mode those last few days. It was crazy. <laughs> the <laughs> amount of hours that like, <laughs> into that server is like unreal. It's probably more than like a lot of people have on like full games and yeah. just like creating the server. I feel like we put as much time into that as we did as like creating the sound of computers thinking or it's like any other release because we did that and we made our own music set, coordinating, finding bands. It was a lot, but I also have, I feel like it was really fun and I have a lot of nostalgia for it and I'm looking forward to the next one for sure. Do you think digital music festivals are going to become more of a thing? I know there's a lot of live streamed ones and then also like there's been a couple, there was like Coachella during COVID and then like the stuff in Fortnite, it feels like uh, live music on the internet is going to become more and more of a thing. Y'all have any opinions on that? I think it would be cool if it does, but like in terms of like its popularity in these past few years, I think it had a lot to do with COVID just being a thing. 
and not being able to go to shows. So like the natural progression was to just do it online where it's safer. But even without that, I think it'd be a cool thing to pursue just because it's like an interesting concept and there's a lot of creative options and routes that you can take it. I definitely think COVID like opened that door for that type of thing to happen. And it's like, it wouldn't have happened if COVID didn't happen. I mean, like Stomach Bug, another fucking awesome band. They played in uh, a show in Roblox. Like, (laughs) like, that's so sick. Like, how do you even do that? That's so awesome. That is really cool. So what led each of you to want to do like a Screamo or Scrams band? And uh, how did the electronic music aspect get folded in? Uh, Do you want to go first? um i guess (laughs) so so like i wasn't super familiar with screamo um and so like not too long before i joined the band i think my first exposure to like screamo was probably either like through hardcore just in passing like maybe getting like orchid or something and like shuffle or my friend showing me Urams in my cocoon. I wasn't super familiar, but then I met Ethan through like the QR code. And then later on we met up like in person at some like UMass meeting thing. And then we like both kind of realized we liked that type of music. But prior to that, like Godfuck was a solo electronic project and i was also at the time making electronic music so that was something that we both liked and i feel like with like the modern era of emo combining screamo and electronic is not like that out of place so it's just kind of like what we wanted to do and we liked fifth wave and like the sound so i think that's just kind of how it came about yeah i um like, I always wanted to, like, so ever since I listened to, like, Old Grey when I was younger, I'd say, like, high school, I always wanted to do, like, the Screamo thing. I just never had the ability to drum, and I feel like drumming is, like, such an integral part of Screamo, um, so I just didn't, so I just did, like, a solo electronic thing for a while, and then, like Pat said, we kind of figured it out from there. Um, I think Screamo is just, I, th- I think what's cool about Screamo is it's so approachable for from everyone like most people can scream i would say like you can just yell really loudly and it's bad technique but like you could still fucking do it i'm um, not that you should you should learn good technique but it, it's just so approachable like a lot of the instrumentation is generally very sloppy um it's very lo-fi especially this new wave is very lo-fi but it kind of always has been too i don't know i just think it's a very approachable genre and for that reason like i've always been really drawn to it because i can't sing for shit um i don't know i just think it's cool i think it's a cool genre and Especially when you're feeling shit and it's a good way to express yourself. I don't know. I think it's cool. Yeah, I'd always just liked Screamo for as long as I can remember. Because growing up in Amherst and just like being a nerdy kid, I just like researched the town I grew up in. Found out there was this random weird band from my little town. And I just fell in love with their music. And I was like, yeah, I want to do shit like this. (laughs) And I think I was probably like 14 or 15. And that's Orchid you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. And hopefully they do a reunion someday. Yeah, I hope they come back. I really hope they come back. Don't count on it. It's the thing with when these when these Screamo bands have a reunion, it's always like the tickets release like in a period where I'm broke or like super busy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. And then they sell sure. out immediately. Like that that Seisha show in Philly. I'm not anywhere <laughs> near fucking Philly. I don't have the money to go to Philly right now. Yeah, no, for sure. That's and nice. I don't have the money to like buy festival tickets. It all it always <laughs> happens when I'm uh when I can't go. Yeah, that's fucked up, honestly. What kind of electronic music are you guys pulling from for uh for Godfuck? Do you have any particular artists that you consider big inspirations for electronic? I would say Pat is much more electronically uh, well versed than I am. Um, like honestly, I would say a majority of my influence comes from hundred Gex, and then there's like small other things. Like I'm really into synthesizers, so a lot of my like synth shit I really just pull from like messing around with that. Um, I wouldn't say there's much else myself, but. Pat has a lot more, I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I listen to a lot of electronic on my own time, but like in terms of what contributes to the project, it's kind of like I don't really know if there's like too much crossover, just because a lot of the electronic I listen to is like breakcore, like hardcore, gabber shit like that. So a lot of that appeared in like our Crying Obsidian Fest set, but like mostly i think the electronic influence comes from like other fifth wave bands that like kind of do similar things any specific choices i mean your arms i mean yeah your arms of course of that's course. like the big one um i feel like rookie card also is very inspirational yeah, yeah. civil war i think like a lot of my inspiration from electronic music more so than like the sound or like genre i guess let me rephrase this like i think I get influence from electronic music in turn in terms of like the sounds I pick and like synths and stuff, just like things that I think sound good, but not really much in terms of like genre. Yeah. It's more of a textural influence. Yeah. Or even like the production, I feel like as well. Like I feel like we produce our music a lot more than a lot of other screamo brands in the scene. Not that that's better or worse, it's just different, you know. <coughs> One second, let me get a cough drop in. I'm like I have a head cold right now. I apologize. Oh, no, I feel that. Oh, you're good. All right, the audience has to deal with me being, like, slightly lispy now. <laughs> <laughs> now we're chilling. Um, I, I haven't, like, in my notes, just, like, talk about emo revival. I'm not sure exactly which, <laughs> what, like, question I should ask about that. You you guys were, like, one of, first, one of the first uh, artists I started, like, paying attention to within the the current emo revival do y'all have any like like particular modern screamo bands that uh that kind of got you hyped on the genre in a in a current sense like modern meaning like uh like newer bands or like bands still come going on right now uh like newer bands like past couple years i feel like i discovered a lot of bands that i like from in like a modern sense like from playing with them like I didn't really know a lot about Catalyst before playing with them, but after I was like, holy shit, I really like this. And same with like Ulf, that's another big one. Party Hats, like all these bands we played with, I was like really impressed and it's what I listen to a lot of the times. Um, before getting into like the Screamo show, I think like Your Arms and the ones we already said, Rookie Card, those mm-hmm. are big ones. But I, I find myself listening to a lot more like traditional sounding Screamo, like Ulf and like Catalyst and like Party Hats and all that shit. I think it's really cool, personally. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it feels like Fifth Wave kind of evolved into a revival uh, in a similar time to screamo because like if it feels like bands like your arms are like very far removed from the screamo sound conventionally but 
they still kind of both had a revival at the same time, which I thought was like pretty interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. And they feel so like uh, married and entangled as well. Like they're not separate things. They're like one thing, but not one thing. It's it's very like interesting. I don't know. I've noticed that a lot of the there's a lot of ties between like the current screamo scene and uh, skate videos. <laughs> You're seeing a lot of bands start to get like noticed through skate videos. Are any of you involved in skateboarding in any form? Uh, I used to skateboard, and then I broke my two front teeth skateboarding, and now I don't skateboard anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I just play Skate 3, and I really like skating <laughs> a lot. Um, yeah, I really fuck with skating a lot. I watch a lot of Thrasher, and I watch a lot of skate videos. Like, I really, really enjoy skating, but I just don't do it myself. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I'm pretty similar. I, I skate, but, like, in a poser way. I don't, like, do tricks or anything because I'm scared of falling. <laughs> um but yeah i really love skate culture and uh skate videos are awesome they're like i don't know they're so crazy always i admire like people being able to just like throw themselves around and like keep getting back up it's yeah, like just wild i don't skate at all but i had always like wanted to get into it and i always play like skate games like i love like tony hawk underground a lot and like skate 3 like ethan said i love that game a lot and I also love, uh, there's this old movie called Gleaming the Cube with Christian Slater. That movie's awesome. It has Tony Hawk in it when he's, like, super young. Hell yeah. And it's a really that good skating sick. movie. Uh, if anybody likes skating, definitely check it out. It's good as fuck. Do you skate at all, Mac? I do. I do. I'm super heavy. That's how I got into uh, most of the video stuff was doing little skate edits. That's sick. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think we've been put in like a few short skate videos, which I thought was really awesome. I hope there's more someday. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on some. Uh, I'm getting some footage for some Bughead stuff, so maybe a Godfuck song will end up in there sometime soon. Let's go. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Uh, let's see what else did I want to ask? What advice would you guys have for somebody wanting to start their own band for the first time, or start their own musical project? um i would say personally um not don't get caught up on trying to make something good because your first time making something almost certainly won't be good you should just make it and try your best and uh just move on to the next thing iteration it, i don't know i like my i was looking like i happened to like um click through some of my old shit today and i was just like wow this is so trash but it's like without that stepping stone, like you'd never be able to keep making music and get to where you are in the future. And so I would just say like, don't get hung up on like quality control or like making things perfect. Just like make your music and worry about that shit later. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just also you should, in my opinion, you should also strive to make something as unique as you can. I don't know. I feel like it's cool to make stuff. But it's also really cool to make stuff that's unique. So yeah, try to make some unique shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think all that's valid. Uh, a lot of times people, when they're writing stuff, they take forever to drop it because like, they keep changing things or they want to edit stuff or the mix is bad. And then they end up hating it because they like listen to it so much. And I think it's better to just drop things that you're working on and like quit worrying about it. And then in the future, you can always improve. Oh, and I think like, being in a scene kind of helps to like uh connecting with people that like make similar music to you that you can 
share it with. I uh, I think that's probably the best piece of information for anybody wanting to do almost anything creative is like get involved in mm-hmm. whatever it is on a local level. Like even before you start making your own music and putting it out, like yeah. go to start going to local shows, start like meeting people who who care about this stuff. Same goes for like visual artists. I think like if you want to be a uh, a visual artist of some kind, it probably does you a lot of good to start going to like art shows or any kind of event like that in your local scene. In in person interaction, I think has like so much more value than a lot of people think nowadays i feel like the the uh the go-to that most people tell you when you're trying to do something creative is like figure out how to advertise yourself on social media good but i Mm. i think it's as like social media becomes more and more of a monolith like it seems even harder and harder to have any kind of breakthrough or like find community on it i feel like it used to be easier but the in-person stuff is is still there and i think more people should go and check it out yeah without a doubt no more, no more comment warriors. Go to the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, like if you don't have a, a like anything near you, like if you live somewhere in the world where you don't have shit, like an online scene, like joining like a Discord, like BSTJ, that's like super valuable. But yeah, like oh, of course, yeah. get out in the world and like yeah, like meet people face to face, like that interaction. You can't. It's just, it's like fucking your life. Like it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't get better than that. It's like really cool, like living in an era too, where it's so possible to just make music on your own. Like, you don't really need much. You can just, like, make a Screamo EP on a laptop if you want to. So, like, even if you can't find people that are like-minded or want to join a band, you can still do it yourself. Hell yeah. Yeah, It's a good time to make music. You should make some fucking music. Yeah, there's, like, nothing stopping you. (laughs) Wild time for me. They're free DAWs. I, like, like, always growing up in Western Mass, like, there's nothing out here. And, like, I had always wanted to make music, and I thought, like, oh, I couldn't, there's no way I can even make a fucking band or play shows. Like, there's nothing out here. And, like, now I'm, like, doing shit and, like, playing shows and having fun. And it, it's crazy. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on, and if you just get out there, you'll definitely find something, and you can make something happen. Pretty related question. If uh, If you could go back in time and ask yourself, not ask yourself, if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice, like when you had just started making music, what would that advice be? I'd probably sit down and teach myself what MIDI is because I didn't figure out what MIDI was <laughs> until like two years ago, and it opened up so many doors. <laughs> That's the obvious one. It's just like, oh yeah, I teach him everything I know now, so I'm better early. Yeah. I'm honestly like pretty content with how things are. I don't know if I'd say anything. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like, even even with like, I don't know, all the bad music I've made and like, I don't know, all my choices, I feel like things wouldn't be the way they are if like anything changed. So, yeah, no regrets. That's a that's a good way to live. Definitely. Yeah. That's the actual answer. But if I had to say something, I would say the MIDI thing. But yeah, I agree with that for sure. No regrets in parentheses, MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, a bunch of stuff that, like, I probably could have improved on. And, like, I don't know, in relation to writing, like, making EPs and stuff. Yeah, I could have just, like, taught my past self everything I know now, I guess. But that's not fun. Do you have any creative pursuits outside of music? Uh, I, I love making things. That's, like, my creative thing. I like making all sorts of stuff. Um... Uh, when I was younger, I used to make like video games a lot um, in my free time. In like Scratch and, or uh, Unity 3D, if you're familiar with that. Oh damn! Okay, so you were like really coding. 
yeah like like i spent like 12 hours a day for like weeks like making like video games and never releasing them or showing them to many people but uh yeah i really like doing that and i want to do that more in the future um that's like a huge thing i used to do um i really like drawing a lot and like making physical art uh i don't know i like i just like making things i really like making all sorts of things i don't yeah, i don't know i just the idea of creating stuff is so nice to me oh yeah yeah i'm pretty similar i think uh ethan's definitely more crafty than i am like making physical things but i just like making art and like doing digital art messing around in blender um traditional art sometimes and then like making some electronic music on the side but i guess that's still music so uh i don't <laughs> i just <don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good what uh what like what other hobbies or passions do you have creative or otherwise i definitely love video games and i love like anime and like animation and shit like that hell yeah y'all want to you want to give me some anime recs um if you have not watched berserk watch berserk i've I read berserk that. you got i i like the watch the 90s series it's a really okay good i one. haven't seen it but i love the that's like one of my favorite manga that's in the top three i love berserk and i love cowboy bebop a lot i love, uh, I love like bebop. older anime for sure hell yeah um, evangelion <laughs> of Isn't course that a great one <laughs> that's, like, uh, that's like a lot of the basis of this project too i feel like yeah um lane's cool i love lane i, I think lane's kind of lane's kind of just evangelion in like a different skin <laughs> i have a big ass lane tapestry right behind me oh, oh wait i'll throw a picture in the group chat <laughs> yes i i also agree i think uh, i think neon genesis is like my favorite piece of art or media like i've ever consumed ever um it was like so impactful for me so that'd be like my recommendation if you've never seen an anime or right if you have seen anime but you haven't seen neon genesis definitely watch neon genesis i like all the classics too like everyone says them but like death note and full metal alchemist like those go hard as fuck and i those are like also yeah those are some of my yeah. favorites um i don't know I, don't, I wish i had like some like niche ass like recommend oh you know what's a really weird anime that not a lot of people watch is paranoia agent that one oh, highly dude. recommend paranoia agent okay paranoia agent one. i haven't finished it dude i crazy. it's fucking crazy <laughs> i feel like jc has to have some crazy like niche <laughs> anime recommendations uh, right uh there's this one show called uh i love this show it's called the legend of black heaven it's uh another 90s anime it's about this dude that was in a band and the band was like a huge band but it broke up and now he's just like this dude with a family working this like little cubicle job that he hates. Okay. And then out of nowhere, like this woman shows up and she's like, "You're the prophet. You're you're from Black Heaven, right? Play play me your song." And he plays a guitar and she's like, "You need to come with me." And she's like part of this like space armada and they're under attack from like aliens and he's helping it's fucking crazy and it's uh, it's really funny because there's this subplot where his wife thinks he's cheating on her with this woman but he's not he's just trying Whoa. to save the world it's so fucking <laughs> that sounds awesome uh i forgot to uh, i was just gonna say um it's like not super niche but the original fully coolie is like really i good. love fully i love the original fully coolie that's also in the top three 
what's your other top three? You have you said my, okay. two of them, so there's another one. Shit. Okay, my top three is let's go with Fully Cooley, Lane. I said Berserk the manga. I haven't seen the anime, so I have to give a yeah a third anime. Damn, <laughs> that's hard off the top of my head. Why can I not think of anything right now? It's hard uh, to remember shit. Yeah. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna say Eden of the East right now, but that that's Dude, gonna, that third one's gonna change. Eden of moment. the East is so good. I have that on Blu-ray. I've been meaning to watch that shit. I have it on DVD. <laughs> I haven't watched it since I was like 13. It's yes. so good. It's so good. So good. Oh, or also Future Diary. That shit goes hard. I like Future Diary and how it makes no sense. Have you all seen? Uh, I think it's also called Myra Nikki in Japanese or something like that. Detroit Metal City. No. No. It's a uh, Detroit Metal City. It's a it's an anime about like. A guy moves to Tokyo with the intention of becoming like a soft pop indie singer, kind of like uh, I think he's like wanting to make like Stereo Lab type music or something like that. Anyways, but the only job he can get is as the uh, the vocalist for a death metal band. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And he, he has to be like evil, and he hates it. It's it's a funny show. I like that one. It's a, it's a good like. It's a good quick watch. I remember it being Wait, short, but I could be wrong. About what was that, that called? Detroit Metal City. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, doesn't he? Doesn't he go to like? Is this the one where he goes to America? I, I think no, I'm, I'm I think thinking of something else. I think you're thinking of something else. There's there's an America. He has to like battle of the bands an American guy at the end. Um, <laughs> this, like, this isn't an anime. I guess like maybe it is if you want to consider it. But one of like the most awesome like anime adjacent pieces of media there's this short on youtube called puperia that is like the most insane three minutes of like amazing hand-on animation and i don't know if it's going to be turned into a show or not someday but it is so good like it's unreal Yeah. yeah you should check that shit out if you've never seen it it's really good it's three minutes it's amazing all right i uh i have it it's in my watch later. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy. Honestly, I could just keep talking about fucking anime. Y'all seem perfect. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that a question like hobbies or something? <laughs> yeah, hobbies. <laughs> <and> then... <laughs> you guys have a pretty. You guys use anime inspiration in your aesthetic pretty heavy. Am I wrong about that? You are not wrong at all. Yeah, the stickers got funny. an anime. Got a little. It's the witch doctor cover. Yeah. It is. I, I feel like. I could be wrong, maybe JC specifically about JC, but like I feel like we don't watch that much anime. I could okay. be wrong though. JC? Yeah, I definitely don't, but I think JC does. Yeah, I, I yeah. Okay. I put on sleep. <laughs> okay. Like I fall asleep to Dragon Ball, you know. Like. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah, no, no, you're good. I used I used to watch it a lot when I was younger, and obviously I just watched Neon Genesis recently, so that was like a huge inspiration for me. But yeah. Yeah. I am slacking on like new anime like i don't watch like i don't watch any anime. yeah the only newer one that i really like is uh chainsaw man that one's really good i love that's another one that i read and haven't haven't seen yeah i gotta read the manga because the anime is over and the manga is not (laughs) it's one of those i'm a big uh comics guy i I tend to read a read something if it's like getting popular Okay. Rather what than watch it. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully that like, uh like other comics too or just like manga. 
Oh yeah, other comics. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> uh, is that good that or bad? I can't tell. No, no, that's good. I just I love superheroes. Like I could talk forever about superheroes. It's kind of bad. <laughs> Dude, I got. I was like, I'm not as into the 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 superhero stuff, but I still read a lot of like indie stuff. Uh, I just finished like Enigma. I've been trying to go through some old like Vertigo comics. Okay, that's sick. Hell yeah. I guess ba- back to a uh, back to a more musical band topic. Uh, do you want to take me through the songwriting process for our Godfuck song from beginning to end? Oh yeah. Discord. <laughs> like like uh, like one of us like records an idea either on guitar or on drums or whatever like some combination maybe. And then we send it to each other on Discord, and then we work on it, and we send it back, and we talk about it, and we work on it, and it's just all over Discord, and that's kind of it. And um, JC hasn't been involved in that process, because we haven't really written a lot of music since JC's joined, but for the LP, it'll be more of like a all three of us collaborative effort, I think, which is exciting. Yeah, I think it'll change a lot. Like, we'll have some like online over Discord and some in person, which is going to be fun, I think. Do you have a time frame for when that LP is coming out. Man, we're so behind. We were supposed to like, uh, we, we we were we had like a really good timeline going for it, and then Your Arms invited us on tour this summer, and that just like threw a wrench in everything. Thanks, Tyler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. Though. How how was touring with with Your Arms? Uh, just like if you can't even put it into words, I feel like it was. Yeah, really, it's unreal. Yeah, it was wonderful. We all, yeah, we all just are speechless. What's your <laughs> What's one of your favorite places that you performed at? I think me and Pat probably have the same answer. I think I, I don't know. My one of my favorites was the Richmond under the bridge shit. That was like that's my yeah. too, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. My, yeah. Okay. Yes, we're all the same there. Uh, under the under the bridge in Richmond, there's this place called Hell's Gate. I don't know if you've seen the video of it. There's a video on YouTube you can find, and it's clip. just like yeah. Uh, and, and it, yeah, I'll send it real quick. And it's just like this crazy long bridge, and this like it was like thunderstorming. It was like really windy and nice. It was cool. Um, the bands were all like phenomenal. I don't know. It was just like fucking. It was really, really crazy. Really surreal. Yeah, it's like unlike any show we've ever played before. Also, Richmond was just like a really cool city, and I think more bands should play there. Yes, so true. On the opposite end of the spectrum, like from playing under a bridge, I think also um, playing in Boston at the Crystal Ballroom was like super nice. Um, for all of like the other reasons, where it's like. There was like a dedicated sound person and like monitors and everyone was like super nice and like it went super smoothly uh so that was like a really nice place to play but in terms of coolness uh the richmond show was like unbeatable yeah i i think playing like unconventional venues has been a lot of fun i feel like we always have a lot of fun with that so i want to do that more i saw machine girl at crystal ballroom i was trying to remember Damn. if i had been there i have oh. That's so that's sick. sick. That's crazy. Who was playing that's on the like... It was uh, it was Lil Kevo, Lust Sick Puppy, <laughs> and Machine Girl. That's, that's hard. So that's I wouldn't crazy. have expected Machine Girl to play there. It's not like super big, really. I mean, it is, but it's not. I mean, maybe with like how Machine Girl is now, like they're selling out bigger places, but like it's like only five hundred cap, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's like uh, there's like those two platforms. So if you want to be up close, there really isn't that much. Yeah, right. That much room. I like it's how like that venue set up a lot. The mosh it's separator. Cool. Yeah, the mosh separator is nice, even though there's no moshing posters all over <laughs> the place. 
<laughs> no one pays attention to that. Nobody pays attention to it. I don't think there were any when we played there. I didn't see any. People, I mean, I, I say people. I stage dived, but I think other people did too. And I didn't get yelled at, so. Yeah, I don't think they cared when we went. Oh, damn, you are able to stage dive? Okay. Yeah, everyone was Yeah, it, it was kind of a struggle, though, because the stage there were, was super tall. There were no moshing signs everywhere. Like, the place mm. was, like, covered in them. For the, the Maybe they just stopped caring. Then. Yeah, when was this? Shit, when was this? Uh, like years ago? Oh, it was exactly one year ago. Uh, I feel like I remember that tour. Because uh, we, we went for my friend's 21st, or we went around his 21st birthday, and he just turned 22. So it was within like, within a couple weeks of yeah, today, okay. I guess. Either yeah, way, maybe I don't they just changed. Remember. Was there like a whole... Um... Like tour with Lessic Puppy and Machine Girl around that time. I think so. I feel like I remember that. Yeah, I think it was like December last year, twenty twenty two. It's a cool lineup. Yeah, that is a, that's a really sick lineup. Uh, shout out little Kevo. We had him on the on the podcast a while ago. <laughs> that's sick. sick. Awesome. I'm trying to get every every uh, every cool Massachusetts musician on here at some point. Filming shows has been uh, has been getting bigger. I've been seeing a lot of like Instagram accounts pop up that they they just shoot up shoot shows, including I me. I the other day. It was crazy. There was like five or six cameras all recording. So many people with cameras at shows now, which yeah. I think is sick. I think I think all the documentation is really cool. But once in a while, when there's like we're getting in the in the double digits for how many cameras there are, it's like all right, let's let a handful of these guys get the shot. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like um, this is like kind of niche, but I feel like they should have a backup. If like someone else was doing video, it'd be kind of cool if there was like an alternative way that they could capture the show just so there's like multi. I, I like I don't know exactly what that would be. Um, it just feels like, yeah, it, yeah, maybe it'd be like less repetitive to have like three or four people film, not like trying to shit on anyone. Obviously, it's cool as fuck. No, no, no. I, I want I want people to make thought. stuff, but yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool. People have like backup plans or something. I, I want I want to see people do fucking zines that aren't just photo books. Like if you want to come and I want to see somebody do like a like a like a written review of a show. Yeah, yeah. maybe, with, maybe with like that, a couple honestly. photos. Uh-huh. I think that would be, be so really sick. cool. I we, agree we need to see some. Uh, I don't. I, I think that would be. I just we. I want to see more zines. I agree. Yeah, zines. Yeah. yeah. Is there it's are there any, in general? Are there any good like screamo fan scenes right now? Does that exist yet? Or is it all just internet shit? I've only I seen internet shit. I think there's definitely zines around. Like, I feel like a ton of people make zines, but I don't know if there's any that are like popping off at the moment. Or like screamo like, specific ones, right? Yeah, I've been like, I don't know. I've been handed zines like about the scene. I think in general before. Um, can't remember any specifics, but like they're around. I know. Hopefully, uh, someone Alex... pursues it. Alex from Two Boys Kissing runs one, and they interviewed Olf. All That's right. sick. Uh, I always fall up the stairs. I always fall up the stairs. That's what they okay. go by. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, this this might just be, like, a topic that I'm ignorant about. So, like, if anybody listening right now wants to send me some zine recommendations, I'll take them. Uh, shout out Hot Stuff Video Zine. That thing's cool. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, true. You guys did an interview in that, right? Am I right? Twice, technically. Yeah. Twice? Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, we're getting pretty close to the the hour mark. These typically, I try and start winding down around the 50-minute mark. Do you guys have any... Anyone you want to shout out? Anything that you think the people need to know about or hear about? Damn, that's a that's a thick question. Yeah. Let me think for a second. Definitely, if you if you don't know about the Providence scene and you're not in tune with that, you got to get on that. If you're from New get England. on the fucking Providence scene right now, everybody. For sure. If you're not paying attention to Providence, where the fuck are you? If you're not going to Providence shows and you're from New England, what are you doing? Come on. I don't go to Providence shows enough. It's kind of, it's sad to me. I, I live like 45 minutes away. It's like not Damn. that much harder to get there than to get to Boston. And I, I don't go nearly enough. Yeah, it's really an amazing scene. So much love for that scene. Rest in peace, Aldeos, dude. That was sad. Yeah. I, got yeah. to, I got to go there before it shut down and I'm very happy about that. But like, damn, that's that's, yeah. that's a bummer. It hurts. The show I went to got got canceled like uh like three songs into the last set versus self was playing and the cops showed up and shut the whole thing down oh shit was that the one where it got brought to aiden's backyard or no yeah yeah, yeah. that's what so. happened gotcha yeah i do remember that happening it sucks such a bummer we, we need really more is. uh somebody if anyone out there has a basement or like a cool porch <laughs> uh the oh, best God. thing that you can do don't pick up a guitar don't pick up a camera best thing you can do have a basement. open a open a diy venue let some bands play in your That's basement. That's kind of true, though. And make Where'd it all ages. All ages venue. Always. All ages basement venue. Yeah. Yeah, there are no all ages house venues, like, ever. Yeah, I don't know why they decided to age gay shit. Stupid. You're already doing something that, like, the cops are going to show up for, like, most of the time. Like, come on. I, should, I shouldn't say most of the time. That's not true. But, like, it's already kind of, like, eh, iffy. So it's like, I don't know. Just make that shit all ages and make it safe. I don't know. I don't get it. It's, it's like, worse when the cops shut down shows. Like, in terms of safety, too. Certain scenes in certain areas, I can kind of get it a bit more. Like, if it's a very, very, like, college show, having it be 18+, plus, I understand, because, I don't know. I think, I think the context depends, but yeah, there definitely needs to be more all-ages venues. I'm not arguing against that at all. Yeah, I got you. I'm just saying, I, I, I see why some people might want to age, age, uh, age block it a bit. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's whatever the people running the show are comfortable with. As long, you know, the, yeah. the important part is that the music happens, right? So, any more shout outs? Anything that uh, that the people need to hear? Shout out Ulf. Yeah, shout out Ulf. Yeah, Ulf for real. I don't even know. Music is cool. Listen to more music. Get involved. Make yeah, I stuff. Know. I don't know. Shout out all of Fifth Wave. <laughs> all of the current screamo scene. Shout out my dad. True, true. Yeah, I don't know. Shout out you. Thanks for doing this. This has been sick. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for coming on. Yeah. It was really yeah. Fun. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to another episode of the Bughead Podcast. I hope you enjoyed, and uh, we'll catch you next time. 